It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell, here to talk about the Tuesday, February 13th, NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. DJ, we are live over on YouTube, on your YouTube channel, uh, on all your podcast platforms. How are you doing on this fine Monday evening? Wait, we're live? Cool. Are people going to wait? Are people going to join? Oh, this is fun. Um, no, no, no. Nobody's actually going to join. We're just... I'm saying we're oh, on YouTube. We're just recording. Because I want to make sure that people who have the podcast and make that a part of their routine, if they want to go to YouTube, they do it. And I often forget. So I just brought it up off the bat. Yeah. Okay. No. okay yeah. I think we're about 900 followers short for me um, giving away a Rasmus Ristolainen and autographed Buffalo Sabres picture. So yeah, get on over there. As Matt's talking about, you're going to want to subscribe for free. Um, if you, again, want to get in on that autographed Rasmus Ristolainen and Buffalo Sabres picture um nothing could probably motivate you more now everything's good uh just dejected of course after a, a, a miserable weekend one of one of my worst in record um what are you gonna do how was your weekend um pretty bad you know just uh <laughs> i mean it was fine you know um just just normal store brand nonsense instead of the total i guess awful nonsense which is which is a start mm-hmm. um but you know, having having uh, Patrick Mahomes in overtime march down the field, not just to, you know, make me sad, but also to steal four figures out of my DraftKings balance and turn it into dust was pretty painful. Um, but, you know, whatever. I had a good Saturday uh, of NHL because of, you know, Rainmakers. Contest, I certainly don't. So. Yeah, I certainly don't want to talk about football. But I just find it very, very funny for some reason that like the entire discourse after the NFC Championship game was that Dan Campbell's a fraud and the analytics are stupid and no one knows what they're doing and like blah blah. I mean everything after the you know Shanahan doesn't go for it on fourth down in overtime is what a gutless coward, what an idiot. This guy is sucks. He has to know what he's doing. You know, fire the whole staff. And it's like, okay, so everyone's just stupid, right? Like we're just we're just gonna move forward knowing that. I, I, like. Am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, everyone just wants to be everyone just wants to be angry because it's never that Patrick Mahomes is an alien sent from outer space to win football games. It's that you know this stupid decision that was a coin flip uh, would have actually changed everything. You know, just clear nonsense yeah. and bullshit. I, like, so I I am just team go for it. Like I was going to say that. Like I don't really care. And when Dan Campbell went for it, I thought, huh, this is an odd one. But like whatever, right? Like I'm never going to argue with it. Um, I definitely thought it was a bit of a gutless move, but there's a lot of gutless things that happen all the time. I mean, people that, you know, 
Scheffler and you know, Justin Thomas to win a golf tournament. And, you know, you know pe people like to do stupid things, um, including me who bet Keith Mitchell. So uh, no one had, I'm guessing, Charlie Hoffman. Uh, I don't know why I'm tangenting on golf now, but yeah, just every sport oh, felt like in uh, some way. Charlie Hoffman way didn't even win. So. No, who was it? I I I brought. I can't think of the name. Who who won? Nick Taylor. The Canadian Nick Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, Nick Taylor. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. The guy I played last week in DFS that missed the cut. No, he didn't miss the cut. There was no missed cut. The guy that was just atrocious last week. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, again, it's just like it's it's every week the same garbage for me right now. It feels like where I get a six of six golf cut and all of my guys are complete gusplas losers. Um, NFL, I was one v one off the nuts midway through the third quarter. I make zero dollars. At hockey, I think I finally kind of put everything together uh, to, to, to win some bets. I get absolutely shellacked. Um, some of it feels just bad run. Some of it, I you know, I, I question myself a little bit, maybe not spending enough time on a couple of things. But uh, I'm going to you know, just kind of get back. I'll just say this and we'll get into the pod because most of this no one cares about. But, yeah, I'm going to get back to just let's just get in the habit of straight betting things. Let's get back. Uh, betting the best things on the board and not trying to galaxy brain myself into beating the sports books because it's, I think me believing in something a little bit too much and not just actually attacking with the edges. So going to get a lot back to just straight betting things. And if, you know, you want to parlay the stuff together and I'm sure as soon as I stop parlaying it, it'll all hit. So um, yeah, that's how it feels right now though. All right. Um, yeah, for, uh, for for my uh, what is it February my my February resolution, uh, I will stop losing in daily fantasy sports contests, and uh, we'll continue to give out the good info here on the Morning Skate Podcast. Though, um, so we do have eleven games, so I want to be mindful of that. Um, why is there a stupid street? Is this on our thing where there's live comments or whatever? No. Yeah. Okay. It's, never mind. It's picked never up mind. for some reason. There you go. I can get out of it. Okay. Do you want the this? Okay. Uh, no, I was just. I don't think it's actually on the YouTube. I think I was just being dumb. Uh, it was like the example comment of like this is where a comment would go. I know exactly I what you mean. Displaying. It it okay. was selected, well, and I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. I thought okay. you did that, and I was just like, whatever. Um. Yeah. Eleven games. Want me to read them off? Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. I'll do that first. We have Tampa at Boston. Um, this is a six and a half, you know, Boston minus 166 home favorites. Uh, LA at Buffalo. Big news here to keep an eye on is will Victor Arvidsson be returning and where will he slot in? There seemed like there was some, I would say arguments. There were just like a lot of people in LA Twitter asking and the beat reporters trying to like decipher. And then one guy finally said they have seven, seven, seven right now or something. And like, they don't know what it's going to be. But LA road favorites minus 148 in Buffalo, six over under. Could have Arvidsson back. Anaheim on the road at Montreal. I think this one, I mean, this is probably where some people are going to find some value. It's a six and a half. Montreal is a minus 155 favorite. Um, Columbus at Ottawa. I don't think we need to get into the Ridley Craig, uh, Morgan Riley situation too much. We maybe we'll, we'll touch on it if you'd like after this, but minus 192 Ottawa. They're, they're playing well. Um, it's the highest total on the slate. Yeah. By, by a decent margin, nothing absolutely bananas, but Ottawa should be very popular. Their total is to the moon. Um, at least via the sports books, uh, minus 142 on that over minus 192 favorite. So I think they will be pretty popular. St. Louis at Toronto, as I just mentioned, no Morgan Riley. He's definitely, I mean, 
I guess we don't know if he's suspended at all, but I think getting the in-person hearing means there is a suspension. Uh, so we don't know the total games yet, unless if something came up that I'm unaware of. There's still minus 205 favorites. Jake McCabe up on the top power play. Uh, we'll obviously touch on that. Um, six and a half over under. Uh, pick them there. The Colorado Avalanche are going to Washington. Take on the Capitals. Um, it's, yeah, you know, minus 162 for Colorado on the road. Six and a half. Uh, whatever. You know, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to it. Um, not, I'm not that interested in that game off the cuff. Seattle at the Islanders. Um, Seattle on a back-to-back, right? Yeah, they're playing New Jersey right now. So that'll be yep. – uh, those will be two, two teams that will play. Um, Islanders have been picking up more steam, but this is one of the lower totals at five and a half on the slate uh, with back-to-back Seattle, et cetera, minus 155 on the Islanders. Carolina is at Dallas, and it also feels like it should be a lower total, but it is a six and a half. Um, pretty much a pick on there, Dallas minus 122 home favorite. New Jersey on a back-to-back is going to Nashville. Nashville minus 135, six and a half. Okay. Uh, Vancouver at Chicago. You're never going to believe it. Vancouver's minus 305. It's a six over under, shading towards the under. Um, boy, Chicago is pretty bad. But Dard's back on the ice, but he's in a non-contact jersey. So we do not expect him this week, I don't think. Um, and then Detroit is at Edmonton. Final game of the night, the second highest total, minus 122 on that over six and a half. Edmonton, pretty big favorite at minus 218. So anything you want to say off the start? Um, and then anything you want to say about Ridley Gregg, Slapshot, slash Morgan Riley, punch to face? I, I mean, I don't care about the actual play. Um, the, the the hilarity ensuing is 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 peak comedy. I mean, you know, Ryan Reeves coming in with the, the tough guy act is, is very clever because, you know, well, 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 where were you on the ice? Where were you to stop this? Oh, you, yeah, that's right. You're, you're absolutely atrocious at hockey. So you're costing your team games against Ottawa. Like, okay, great, great. Good job, kid. Um, and Greg is fine. So there's no longstanding impacts. And the other thing to say is uh, Morgan Riley is going to be suspended. He His meeting is tomorrow at one o'clock. So he's out. And uh, Jake McCabe is power play one in his stead, which of course is relevant for daily fantasy. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts? And hopefully you're not just going to repeat 31 thoughts like you typically do here. First off, 32 thoughts. Second off. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I know. I mean, I really, a while in case I really don't. I, I really, I'm, I'm wearing my, I, I found this in uh St. Catharines. It's a Montana's oh, yeah. barbecue and grill. Try the ribs. Um, and uh, yeah. Anyways though. No, my, it's basic. Just, like I found everything to be pretty entertaining about it. Like just like from the moment he wound up for that slap shot till the discourse on Twitter still continues onwards. Like I just find it entertaining and like, I'm happy. Like no one's injured. Right. We can all just have fun with this. And uh, I, I like whatever you want to say about it, like it definitely actually raised some uh, people's interest. And as football ends, that's I think good for the sport. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it either way whatever anyone wants to do. Like Morgan Riley did it. And if his team said, thank you, then what am I going to say? And if Ridley Gregg is, I think it's fun. Like do that, have fun, like start controversy. Like I like it, you know, I would love for the Sabres to be involved in something like that and uh, competitive. So we can, that's it. Do you want to read a thing now? Yeah. Um, So this podcast as is often uh, is sponsored by, DraftKings um, by the DraftKings Sportsbook, I suppose, is the more official um, sponsor. But 
of course, now that I have it, it's it's gone. Um, all right. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score fast on anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet five bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Um, DJ, you went through several of the uh, options on the table here with 11 games. So, you know, you'll be able to find something that you like. I'm sure of it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. DJ, you take your notes. Uh, in New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY because I will need those later. Or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 878 97777 or visit ccpg.org please pay responsibly on behalf of boot hill casino and resort in kansas 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield the registered trademarks of the national hockey league okay so uh we are getting into the 11 game slate here um yeah, I mean, off the top, Toronto's awfully interesting. Um, you know, with the McCabe value, uh, clearly there's four guys besides McCabe who are of interest. Um, we're looking at Edmonton in a fairly good spot. Um, fool me twice on Ottawa. You know, uh, is Ottawa going to show up for this matchup against Columbus? You know, I hope so, but um, that that's that. Um, and then, you know, not even in terms of the expected goals index, but just you know, generally, uh, we have pretty significant favorites in Vancouver playing Chicago um, and Colorado taking on Washington. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of interesting spots here. Um, and with 11 games, you know, it's one of the largest slates we've had in the last, I don't know, couple couple weeks uh, now. So uh, anything immediately of like, oh, this is a spot I like, or uh, do you just want to get into the first game, Tampa-Boston? Um, we could get into it. I, I have a few leans early on, um, and I could say them, but I feel like it's, I, I, I kind of like going through the whole slate and then like you changing my mind on a few things. Cause oftentimes you will, um, and then getting to it at the end. But the only thing I think I'm going to be unwavering on is, is Edmonton. Other than that, um, I think everything else I, I'm pretty open for conversation on. Um, so yeah, right, why don't um, we get right into it? Uh, Boston. I, well, yeah. Let me start with Boston quick in case you didn't see, they did start practice with coil marshand and posture knock um so they're gonna you know conceivably go best on best or you know they're gonna try to match up to the kudrov stamkos point line um so you know both top lines are kind of all together i guess unless if you want to say that there's a better center than charlie coil on boston which i don't think you're honestly right i can't believe i'm saying it uh but i think at this point you just have to admit defeat and say that charlie coil is the best center on that team very sad uh, for a very good team to have the best center be Charlie Coyle, but here we are. I think I'm going to fade this one, just price considered. Uh, I get it. You're going to either get Pasternak or Kucherov in a what I believe will be a very low uh, ownership situation. If I had to gun to head, I think I'm just going Tampa one. Just feels more dynamic and explosive, and I think they'll be just you know sub four percent like in that range. I, you know, I really do believe that. Uh, that, that that's the time to jump on it. So I, I think it's just a pretty pivoty, leveragey type play in a in a game I don't like. I like the under on this game, if anything. Um, 
you know, under six and a half feels pretty strong. But if I was going to gun to head, I'd take Tampa one. Yeah. Um, I I think I agree. And my main concern is that Charlie Coyle's not on the top power play. Uh, seems like they're keeping Zaka and JVR up there. So, you know, uh, obviously Coyle is probably too expensive for what he offers as, you know, a fantasy player at 5,400. Um, but without the top power play playing, it's really, really hard to see him making his way into um, in, into my lineups. So I don't think I'm really interested in spending any sort of money on this game. Uh, we see on, you know, the expected goals trends, none, nothing about this matchup looks all that good. Um, the Boston, you know, they're scoring, which is, you know, uh, maybe you expect that from Boston and Tampa's not been fantastic in that. Um, but this defensive number has been getting better. So, you know, possibly, Possibly that's just noise. Possibly that's Vasilevsky rounding into form a little bit with a 912 in his last 10 games versus a 900 on the season. Um, so I'm a little bit just, you know, let's just move move on from this game. Um, but I do think we can still go to the Tampa blue line for some punts. Um, Darren Radish at 3K, just, you know, without Sergachev, that's fine. And then uh, Chernak remains sub. 3k for 20 plus minutes of ice time nothing fancy but you know they'll get the job done in a pinch um if for some reason you don't want to play jake mccabe or you know someone else on this slate so uh you covered the news anything else you want to say about this game before la buffalo no uh you you, you covered the other part about coil he's 5400 without the power play run that yeah i think honestly the best note here is really tampa defense that's really strong um, yeah, but let's move over to LA and Buffalo. Uh, LA is conceivably the better spot here. Uh, you know, you could squint, I think, and, and maybe find a reason to consider this game altogether. But I think it's obviously LA, but we just don't know what the lines are. Uh, and like I said before we started, it, there was more ambiguity than I even I expected. And the beat reporters seemed like they were actually trying to help people. Like, no, like we we just don't know because the colors they're wearing are not helping us. Like it doesn't. Uh, they they tweeted out some ideas of what it might be, but we're not going to probably know until tomorrow. And that also includes, like I mentioned, if Victor Arvis is even playing or not. So back in you know top six role was like what they conceived by the color of his jersey, um, and obviously not contact that would you know in a contact sweater I should probably say it um, would lead me to again someone's going to come out. I would be hard pressed to assume it's like. It, it, like, I don't know who it is. Like, that, that's kind of the, like you would say, oh, is it just Byfield? Well, this guy's absolutely on a bender since the All-Star break. He had three points in his, well, I guess there's been one game. But he was on a bender in that one game since the All-Star break. Um, you know, Trevor Moore leading in goals. Adrian Kempe, Fiala, it's like one, two, three, four. Yeah, okay, we're, you know, he's the five. So I don't yeah. know who, like, it just makes for a lot of conversation. Um, yeah, thoughts on I... LA and then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously us guessing at the lines isn't the most useful content since that is theoretically news we should get prior to uh, prior to the slate start. Um, but yeah, I would be pretty surprised if they finally have, you know, the team finally shows up. I mean, they put the, I mean, they rocked Edmonton. They, this game, I know that the expected goals and blah, 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 like this game, it never felt like Edmonton was in it. Um so I'm really, I would be very surprised if the top six got shaken up at all. Um, I'm 
they, they didn't play Alex Turcotte at all in this game. So it seems pretty clear that they need a fourth line center. I think that could be Anderson Dolan. And then that just means uh, Arvidsson slides into the Dubois line. Um, but yeah, we, we just don't know. We saw various jersey colors and you know nothing concrete. So um, it's all basically just a guess. I would not be surprised if he didn't even play in this game. You know, it's it's just maybe it's just a slower process than, um, you know, than anything else. So I'm not interested in Arvidsson, even if he does play. It's just I don't think the role is going to be there. There's no reason to suspect like a immediate power play job or anything of the sort. Um, so and, and he's not 2,500. He's 4,800. So like that's, you know, a very meaningful price and more expensive than Byfield. So I think that's relatively just uninteresting. Um, what is interesting is I think any of Campy Moore Byfield um, are, are in play. Um, I'm a little bit cooler on Kopitar and Deneau at the center position, but um, those three dudes for LA have really carried the, the, the load for most of the season. Kevin Fiala, you know, he's getting cheaper, so like he's cheaper than maybe you would expect him to be. I, I don't know. He's bouncing around price wise, but he's just not been very good. So I would play him only in a stack with either Moore or Kempe, in all honesty. Um, but these top six lines, like top two lines against Buffalo, just you know, <laughs> it's a good spot. So um, not all, not the highest of interests, you know, given the other options on the slate, but perfectly valid ones in the mid tier. And I don't think people will be clicking on Trevor Moore. You know, they haven't been all season. They're on the road. They're not going to be huge favorites. And then I think that's something you could very easily do and feel confident about. Yeah, I mean, the Buffalo side of things, it's a terrible matchup. Um, I mean, this is an L.A. team that just got out and decently convincing the Edmonton Oilers team. I, I don't think there's any reason to have a ton of interest um, in anything in Buffalo. Obviously, with the exception of Tage Thompson, where 6,500 and he's just not been good. But if you believe in this player, you're just buying the absolute lowest of the low on him. Um, he was with Akposo and Skinner, not all that in- enticing. I think really at the end of the day, if you're playing Buffalo, though, like, it's just Tage and Nalian. Uh, Owen Power also went down with an injury in practice. It sounds like it's very just up in the air, questionable, being reevaluated, et cetera, at this point. There's no Samuelson. It's a disaster on that blue line. So I kind of feel like I, I'm willing to make an argument or a case that Rasmus Dahlin could turn into more of a Roman Yosby type. I mean, he's priced like it at this point. So if that is something you want to try to project at this price, I think it's fair, but it's such a bad matchup <clears throat> that really it, it is an MME or like a, you know, you're really trying to get different with a play, but you know, this is a guy that could be 30 minutes. That's um, albeit in a terrible matchup. Maybe you just take a note, write it down and look at it for the next slate. But um, yeah. And with, and with power, you know, there's clearly a minutes vacuum. I'm just eyeballing some like shots blocked and shots taken per 60 minutes. And it is an absolute nightmare. <laughs> um basically every dude has the exact same profile on this blue line and you know we talked about ryan johnson i think lastly um and then he immediately went back to playing you know 10 minutes so i'm a little bit disturbed by that i just i don't think that there's um i just don't think that even though there is clearly value here that there's anyone who's obviously going to soak it up um and like, yeah, Darlene's probably a better play at 6,800 than he was before, um, you know, assuming the power doesn't play, but is 27 minutes against LA at 6,800 on a huge slate all that worthwhile? 
I don't know. It doesn't really strike me as something like that I'm going to be breaking down the walls for. So I'm just going to stay away from Buffalo. They just inconceivably continue to get some ownership on random slates. I'm not sure if this is one of those, but um, you know, the pricing is going to look attractive to certain optimizers that just aren't updating for how terrible the Sabres team has been and, and how just, I mean, he just just not been good. I mean, there's really nothing going on when he's on the ice. It's not like last year where everything was good. There was, you know, high tempo, high whatever, just nothing. Um, so, yeah, I'm just, yep. yeah. I mean, give me LA or nothing and let's move on. I agree. Okay, let's move on to Anaheim at Montreal. Uh, as I kind of went over this game, I said that this could be a game where people could find some value. I'm not even sure if I really believe that after I pull it up because really it's probably just Anaheim and that's, a big contingent on that these injuries stick. Uh, we'll, we'll get to Anaheim. Let's just start with Montreal really quick. I, I don't hate this spot at all. I mean, it's obviously Vegas sportsbook. You know, your sportsbooks, if you will, your DraftKings, maybe you've heard of them as a sponsor. They're kind of giving Montreal at minus 155 a pretty good price and a lot of respect in this matchup, the six and a half. And all of the offense has continued to come through the same unit, more or less. And they haven't really priced up Cole Caulfield. Um, and, and, you know, Nick Suzuki has, in my opinion, taken a pretty decent step forward. And I know that you, Matt, you, you climbed on him a little bit. I, I totally agree with you, by the way. I'm not arguing that he's an actual, you know, elite number one center in this league that, you know, let's stop at the, you know, everything and, and drop down and bow to Nick Suzuki. But he has been playing very, very well. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's a, it's a joint effort that also comes with former, former first overall pick, Yuri Slavik. Kofsky, who's absolutely been miles better uh, since the turn of the new year and very, very enticing at 3,600. Um, Mike Matheson, a podcast favorite, a favorite of many of our listeners. So I don't want to leave him out of this mix. It seems a little bit easier there. So I kind of wanted to start with that quad, uh, assuming they stay together, which I didn't see practice run, um, but I assume they will. They've Again, they've cooked. Uh, let's start there. And the, the, the reason I'm really saying this all again is just to point this out. The price hasn't really gone up much, a little bit. Yeah, so we don't so, – so there was no practice Monday because they played a back-to-back Saturday, Sunday, so mandated off day, whatever. So uh, we should get them Tuesday morning skate, which will confirm these lines. Um, and, you know, you raise fine points about the Suzuki, Caulfield, Slavkovsky stuff still just not being expensive enough for the minutes they're playing and for, you know, the production that they've had. It's not been very consistent, but it's been there. Um, and so for that price, you know, you're just looking for ceiling. Clearly, these guys have it. I'm a little bit uh, intrigued by this Joshua, um, Alex Newhook, like second line, uh, this setup. Um, you know, Newhook's a guy who was really good to start the season. I mean, really good is probably overselling it, but he was playing well uh, at the time of his injury. And then he missed two months of the year and then he comes back and, you know, whatever. He has three shots in each of the two games, but he's been on that top power play unit. Um, so I like that. And then Josh Wise just, you know, he's, he's out here doing things. It seems like they like him, like, organizationally and at 2600 3300 for new hook i mean that's clearly just a, a fine way to punt two positions and feel you know pretty good about it so not to say that i can't see myself playing uh montreal one but with anaheim we're getting a bunch of dudes back um so i, I think that there's um I, I think that there's some merit to just sort of full fading the montreal side uh from anaheim 
uh, in their practice on Sunday. We saw Henrique Carlson Trome. Uh, we saw Vetrano McTavish Terry. Uh, that's awfully interesting. Uh, Max Jones returns. He's with Lundestrom and Silverberg. So, I mean, you're talking, what, two guys who have just not been playing back in the lineup there and McTavish and Max Jones. Um, this is pretty much what their lines will be going forward, uh, assuming no more injuries and Zegras, you know, his timeline TBA. Um, and defensively, Minchukov is back, which, you know, when they're playing guys like Gus Lindstrom and whoever the hell else is on the blue line, like, you know, that's a pretty big step up as well. Um so I, I think that for me just rules out Montreal entirely. It's not like there's anything in the underlyings that scream Montreal either. Um, and so if you're looking for positive signs on Anaheim, well, Montreal is a terrible team. I mean, we know that they're one of the worst defensive teams out there. They just give up a touchdown to the Blues. Um, and then as far as power plays go, they seem pretty uh, rational. It's the same sort of, I guess, old guy unit as before. Silverberg, Strom, Henrik, Vetrano, Fowler. And then Minchikov is quarterbacking the Terry McTavish Carlson with Max Jones. And so those are two perfectly fine units. They're all going to be just, I mean, super inexpensive. Um, the most expensive guy out here is Vetrano at 6,100. Um so I like going down the Anaheim route, but uh, do you have any thoughts on which Anaheim uh, path you would pick? Huh. I, I mean, that's the most frustrating part of, of this entire endeavor is, I mean, you already said without saying it, there's no Owen Zelliger. There's, you know, they're, they're just kind of kneecapping. I think the upside of, of that power play unit by playing uh, Lacombe or whatever, but no, um, uh, Minchikov is back. Minchikov is, oh yeah, you're right. Minchikov should be back. Is it, it's confirmed he's in? Yes. <sighs> okay. I think I was going through Troy Terry um, at this point. I think that's just the way I'm doing things. So just give me, I, I don't think I'm going like overstacking on Anaheim as I feel like you're almost alluding to. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Terry McTavish Vetrano is, is very much going to get, you know, like even though it's split across two power plays, those are the guys yeah. that the power plays are going to run through. So um it's a bit more pricey than yeah. obviously mixing in the uh you know the Max Joneses or you know uh Brian yeah. Stroms. But um yeah I I I will strongly consider that because again I mean Montreal is I don't have the exact uh, rankings, but I do think they're bottom five last 10 games. They're, you know, they're not a bottom five team by the standings, but I, I don't think it's that surprising that, uh, you know, they don't look very good in looking at their uh, underlyings. So yeah, it looks like based on this, they are third worst over the last 10 games. Um, and that's all adjusted for opponent and everything else to try and, you know, uh, contextualize yeah. some of those performances. Um, so yeah, keep Anaheim in mind. And, you know, we might get further confirmation of things, but this is their final practice and there was no sort of um, like Kalorn could be back. And I don't know how that would shake things up, but it, I, I'm not expecting him right now to play on Tuesday. So um, just keep, a, you know, keep a second eye on that if, if you're looking for Anaheim. All right, Columbus. And Ottawa, I should say with Anaheim, also, I'm not playing Silverberg. Um, you know, even though I like Max Jones as a player, Silverberg, Lundestrom is very different than having McTavish as your center. So I just don't think the minutes are safe enough for uh, Silverberg, even though he remains at 2,500 or 2,600 with this decent power play role. Um, just just not, not going there personally. All right. Um, Columbus, Ottawa, you got anything for me here? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Ottawa, like I said from the beginning of this, feels like a, a pretty good spot, and it could be a bit chalky. They definitely have the highest implied team total. Um, maybe, actually, maybe, yeah, it's probably somewhat close uh, if you actually went through it. But Ottawa, very, coming into this game, like I said, they, they've won a few games here in a row coming off the All-Star break, uh, and, and they broke Toronto media. So uh, the last game, it was the Pinto line that kind of dominated. That's staying together with Greg and Tarasenko. Uh, Norris Bathurst is a truck. The truck, uh, which was Norris, the truck on power play one, but it was uh, not Batherson. It was uh, Shabbat, Pinto, and Giroux. I kind of think that sticks, but we didn't see it in practice. But I, I kind of like that a, a bit. Um, even if you wanted to play Pinto, Shabbat, like, I would be fine with that as well. But that North, Norris, the Chuck, Shabbat, triple seems pretty cool to me. That's kind of where I'm starting. And, uh, you know, you're going to get a lot of big minutes. Like, I, like I'm alluding to, like that Pinto line was really good. Pinto led them in ice time last game. Um, and they combined for three goals, including the empty netter. Uh, actually, Greg was, well, Greg was out there with other guys, but it doesn't really matter. They combined for a ton of five-on-five goodness against Toronto, who I respect a good bit more than Columbus. So there's a couple options, like I'm saying. And of course, I think it'll get overlooked, but, you know, could look at Chikrin, Stutzel, um, and, and maybe, I don't know, Joseph or Giroux if you want. I don't think it's going to be very popular because it's just a bit uglier, but I do think that they're not really a 1A or a 1-2 power play unit. I think, I think it's 1A, 1B, um, and Chikrin is also going to get overlooked uh, comparatively to Shabbat because of where they're ranking, and they're like the same price. So Ottawa, definitely the biggest interest here. Do you have a lean on any of this stuff? Um. I, I mean, I think I just got a side with Josh Norris. Um, the forty five hundred price tag is just downright disrespectful. He finally got on the goal, uh, got on the score sheet. I believe it had been I don't know ten games since he had scored. Um, uh, but that ten game stretch was preceded by a stretch where he scored five games in a row. So like, you know, I don't know what there is with him and streakiness or whatever. But uh, Norris is clearly a guy that you know, long-term I like, uh, you listen to the other, uh, daily show or, you know, the, the other three time a week show, um, out there. We're not three times a week, whatever. You know what I mean? You listen to stochastic and they're just the most anti Norris guys out there. Um, which, you know, whatever I, I get some of their arguments, but also you can't replace goal scoring talent in this league and, you know, teams like Seattle and, you know, we see, we see it all the time. These teams that just can't score. Norris is a guy who has proven his ability to score goals. He is in the role that you would want him to be in uh, to score those goals on the top power play and the nominal top line. Um, and 4,500 is just simply ridiculous. So um, I just don't think I can spend more for Shane Pinto than Norris. I would consider the double stack of the two. You know, they're both centers. They're not going to play it together at five on five. So it's a little bit like how much of just are you buying the hype train on Shane Pinto? It's like, I think he's good, but do I think he's 4,900 good on a loaded slate? Probably not. Um, so for me, I'm going Josh Norris. I could see other stacks working its way into consideration, but I think for me, I'm building around Norris if I'm attacking this Ottawa side and just saying this is a 6K player who is in the role we want him to see in a perfect matchup who is just not priced uh, for that 6K, you know, uh, all things considered. So um, any any interest in Columbus? I mean, we know this Ottawa team is capable of falling flat at any time. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm not sure if you saw the... The, the latest from yesterday, but 
uh, before you start a couple speaking, things. Uh, Chinikov is uh, okay. Do you have no, him? No, go. Okay, but we get Chinikov is out. Um, Roslovich is skating with yeah. Gaudreau and Jenner, um, and then Bemstrom with Sillinger and Texier. Um, the other two lines not changing: Marchenko, Johnson, Bronkov, and uh, fourth line. Yeah, Olivier and Corrali and whoever the hell else, maybe Danforth. Um, so, DJ, any interest in these Columbus guys? Maybe it was last. Let me just look. They had um, okay, yeah, no, it was last game. They already had it. So I was trying to find it. Yeah, Boquist stuck on that power play one, uh, or like was just you know out there a lot. Like it, like the power play, it was just like the goal that happened was Boquist, Jenner, Wierenski, Gaudreau, and Marchenko. And I think that is the first unit. So that was kind of the one thing I was kind of keeping an eye on is definitely Adam Oakvist getting a, a you know, good run, power play one, et cetera. Like very good punt option. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm just kind of Marchenko. Uh, that's kind of the guy I'm just going through at this point. And I think I could just do that too, man, and move on if I'm going to play it. I get that Johnny could draw at 4,200 feels fine. Um, probably is fine. I, it's probably playable, but. I don't think I'm spending 5,900 on Boone Jenner. So that's, that's about what I'm thinking that kind of three man. And there's other punts that you already sort of alluded to, but both is probably the best punt on this, on this side, in my opinion. Yeah. The problem with both is, is that I don't know how much double bonus equity he possesses. And, you know, obviously you're paying this little for a defender and that's not a huge consideration, but like, I don't know. <laughs> um, whenever like Andrew Peak is out here at the same price, and I'm like, maybe he's the guy I want to play. Even though the minutes aren't there, it's just you know the, the fact that you can get those ten free points from blocks alone, and you know 20, 25, 30 percent of the time, that just feels like uh, maybe I'm just doing something wrong in considering Bogvist. Um, and trust me, you know, I'm the biggest long-term Bogfist guy out there. It just seems like the time would have already come <laughs> if you were to, uh, you know, uh, do the thing in the NHL. So I'm just a little bit concerned that, you know, 3,300 isn't the minimum. There's a ton of other options on the slate. So if I'm targeting Columbus, I don't think I'm doing it because of Bogfist necessarily. I think you're doing it because you want to bet on, you know, Boom Jenner, sub 6K. You want to bet on, you know, hey, Roslovich maybe gets this role without Chinikov in the lineup. Um you know, maybe he's worthwhile at 3,500 as a player who's been there, done that. And obviously Johnny Gaudreau being just startlingly cheap coming off a multi-point five shot on goal game. Um, all that to say, probably nothing uh, to really like, um, though I will proffer that uh, as dismissive I've been of Columbus all season long, pretty much the last few weeks have been far more impressive and their underlyings aren't terrible um so if you like columbus now's a perfectly fine time to buy in on what i will think will be non-existent ownership so um yeah i'll keep an eye on it though all right well let's get to probably one of the more important dfs games to talk about that is st louis at toronto already mentioned i think by both of us that jake mccabe is going to be part of play one tomorrow um if you like a guy at 3600 that can definitely get you a blocks bonus that, that you know, Jake McCabe has plenty of those in his game logs. He isn't a monstrous rate shooter by any stretch of the imagination. 
Um, but again, you're only paying 3,600 for a guy that is going to be on the first power play with very, very good players like Austin Matthews and Tavares and Nylander and Mitchell Marner. So I, I could see myself looking at Toronto. I think they could end up being somewhat popular just because of the savings you get with McCabe. And it's not like Jake McCabe is not a shot taker and also doesn't get much run. I mean, this is the second uh, you know, TLI defenseman last game and Riley went, you know, got kicked out with like three seconds left. So the role is going to be huge for him. So, yeah, I could see a scenario where I look at Matthews, Marner, and McCabe for sure. I think it'll be played because it really helps you afford them. And if they hit their ceilings, Jake McCabe is very likely coming for the ride, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And I really just don't respect St. Louis all that much. And they're, I mean, they're a playoff team, and they just put up a touchdown. And with all that being said, I, I still think they're a bit leaky defensively and certainly a net. So I could even con- conceive of a scenario where I look at the other side as well and try to game stack it. Like it's tricky, but I think it's doable. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it there for now with that, everything I just said and pass it back to you. Um, what are, what are you thinking here? Yeah. So the main problem that I, that I'm considering is within 11 game slate, I believe Toronto will be the most popular team stacked and I don't see it being, necessarily all that close um you know I, I guess i haven't really gone through the entire slate obviously if you know we still have many games to discuss um but this is a home spot for toronto against st louis where there's a clear value defenseman to pair with them versus in edmonton you know you're looking at uh like rnh as like the value play which you know he's 5600 so like there's just a clear delineation as far as like what you can afford otherwise and so i think that pushes people onto this you know whatever matthews uh, marner or tavares nylander and mccabe and you're just dealing with a bunch of you know the same builds uh, and i don't know that jake mccabe is that good to make it warranted like, sure, it's possible he puts up 17 and, you know, like that just basically says, oh, yeah, like, good luck catching me anyone else who played any other defenseman because odds are the guys who get 20 bombs are going to be double his price. Um, but I just don't think there's that big of a chance that McCabe puts the slate away. I like, uh, you know, like, obviously we like Austin Matthews on this show, but he's not been as good volume wise as his counterparts on this slate. And and so those are the sort of things that I do care about. Like, you know, it's obvious that Matthews is very, very good and his volume is good, but like, you know, he's 9,800. We're comparing him against the best players in the NHL and, you know, McKinnon and McDavid have just straight up been better by my book. Um, I think they will be lesser owned and, and I think that there's guys in the mid-tier who are comparable. So I guess that all that to say, I would go with Tavares Nylander if I absolutely had to. Um, but ultimately, I do I do worry that Toronto will be too owned for me personally, um, just to sort of build the lineups that I want to build. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I kind of have a couple pivots in mind off of Toronto. And you already mentioned Edmonton, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll get to everything. Uh, anything on St. Louis. I mean, it was very much the power play one that, I mean, manhandled, manhandled Montreal with three goals. Um, it just seemed like they didn't even waste too much time making that happen either. Uh, Thomas, absolutely involved in everything. You know, not the most prolific rate shooter in the world. We talk about that quite often, and you're paying 6400 You kind of need him to have that kind of three assist, and he scored. So, you know, four-point nights to break the slate entirely, but he could, you know, get there uh, on less than that. Um, and we know who's coming along. Everyone besides Pablo Buznevich, as I found out, 
on uh, Sunday. So any thoughts on St. Louis and if you were going to play them, how you'd play them, or is it just sort of like, no, thank you. They're bad. They are, they are way too expensive for me personally. Like, you know, uh, I, yeah. yeah uh, what's, what's scary about St. Louis is that their power play has been their Achilles heel all season long. And now they're coming off of two games where like their power play has been a weapon for them. Um, and they're going into a Toronto team that just lost its number one defenseman. Uh, so like, yeah, actually, I guess you could argue that uh, Mark Giordano might not play either. And, you know, I, I don't know that he's much of a penalty kill ace these days, but he eats up a lot of minutes there too. So um, like strictly speaking from a power play spot, this is as good as it gets for St. Louis. Um, I, I'm just unfortunately of the mind that we've basically missed it. Like the prices just don't really reflect the current environment. Um, so while you can certainly play St. Louis one and Tory Krug, like you're paying a ton for the privilege to do so. And I don't think that their matchups good enough to warrant that. Um, yep. But, you know, uh, certainly mileage may vary there because of the injury situation in Toronto where there's defensively, they have nothing left. Um, so you know, it's it's certainly reasonable to consider them in my estimation, just not something I'll be doing. Yeah, I got that's exactly the the price is the problem. We can get over now to Colorado and Washington if you are prepared. Um yeah, I mean are we prepared to talk about Alex Ovechkin? Yeah, we wanna start there, we can start there. Um he's cooking, he's back. Uh it's I mean, it's kind of like we kept saying. I feel like we were like we were like crying wolf for two months now, and he finally was like, "Fine, yep. I will blow over all the houses. I'm in." Yeah, um, like yeah. Good to see. It, it was... Wish I took a, a bit more of an advantage of it. Sorry, what? No, that that's exactly it. It's like, damn, uh, you know, we lost all of our money chasing it down the OV well, and a month later, he finally goes, "Oh yeah, I am shooting the exact same as I have been for my last five years of my career." You know, he's not prime OV, but like, it's you look at his shit, and it's the exact same across the board. His five on five assist rate is as good as it's ever been. Like his primary assist rate is better than the last ten years of his career. He just wasn't scoring, and now the pucks are going in. Um, so like, yeah, the, this price tag of sixty two hundred is awfully intriguing. Um, so, yeah, I'm struggling with it for sure because I, I like this Columbus or this Columbus, this Colorado uh, team. But is Washington going to be creative and get them out against the bottom, you know, the bottom six in Colorado and just throw, you know, whatever, McMichael against McKinnon and just say, like, you know, uh, this team's all about getting OV goals. I mean, the underbelly of Colorado is really soft. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like we have to have the OV discussion. It's probably now or never as far as, like, if you're not playing OV in this spot, like, and he's going to rise in price as he continues to produce, I would imagine, um, you're probably just never going to play him again, uh, which is concerning because I kind of want to be on the pro-OV side. But it it's obviously comes uh, with a lot of consternation against Colorado. So uh, any thoughts there? <laughs> No, I, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, you know, it's not that I've been completely off of Ovechkin. It's just been uh, a little bit unbelievable to me that I haven't taken more of an advantage of this run where I, I you know, we, I don't know if we flat out said, I think it's six games in a row we scored in, or is it five games in a row? Five games in a row, two of, or only one of which you get the shots bonus. And like, that's coming along for the ride. 
Um, you know, only two of those games are multi-point. And as you're saying, more of them probably could be with the way he's playing. He's actually been very good at moving the puck. So I like it. Um, you know, McMichael more involved in the offense. Like I definitely think they're coming together on the top six a bit more. Um, McMichael also made one of the worst passes in overtime I've seen two games ago. So keep an eye on him ever making defensive mistakes and, and getting some, maybe some flack for it. But uh, no, it was, they are, it was last game. In my opinion, was it last? They beat Boston yeah. three nothing. That was last. Wait, was, no, last game. Was, oh, played, Vancouver, Vancouver. You're right. It was last game. Yeah, Jake, yep, yeah. in a row. Yeah, that was last game. Yikes! By the way, I, I will add one more time. Um, but along with Ovechkin and the guy that I always think of more is still John Carlson, who is just locks bonus machine as of late, shooting fine you know, the rates are fine and just not getting rewarded with any points uh he's only two in that in that ovechkin streak um i i think it's very much coming 31 minutes in that last outing hit the box bonus for the last five games I, again i i am just gonna keep tethering them together and losing money and maybe eventually i will find it yep um and so for colorado um we didn't have a practice with nate mckinnon he I believe suffered a facial injury of some sort, but it doesn't seem like he's going to miss yeah. time. Um, but with all that said, we're sort of assuming that Druin and Rantanen are going to be with McKinnon. Um, and then, you know, Lekkanen, that means shifts down to either, I don't know what you want to call it. Um, I'm not even sure who number 22 is. Uh, they're moving Johansson to the fourth line, which is very funny. Um, but basically, I wanted to keep an eye on Lekkanen since obviously 4,500 uh, with the power play role that he had picked up over Ross Colton um, like is, is clearly interesting, but if it's Jonathan Juin, I don't know, like fool me a thousand times Juin. Um, it just doesn't seem like that's of any interest despite power play one line one. Cause the dude just sucks. So um, yeah, I, like I want to play McKinnon bad here and Rantanen's obviously very good in the car too, but you just run out of space when you're trying to play Ovi as well. And I'm not sure there's any punts I can get on board with here. So I'm keeping an eye on morning skate um, Colorado for Colorado uh, for sure. For sure. All right. Yeah, we can keep it moving then. Um, we have the Islanders at home against the back-to-back Seattle team. Uh, I think we talked about this on, yeah, we talked about them in, in, Decent depth, I believe, on Thursday. And then and, and they were, you know, chalky against Tampa, and they smashed. And then I feel like I was like, you know what, this Islanders team just might be good. I'm going to bet on their players to be good against the uh, the Flames. And they and they were they were good. Uh, they were actually very good. They just couldn't score. So with all that out of the way, are you considering the inevitable shot monster, Kyle Palmieri? Uh, um, or, I mean, is it just Russian roulette with this guy? I mean, do we do we just play him every night and hope that he has his 11 or 8? Or um, is it just uh, every fifth game we play him? I, how, are we, how are we doing this? Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is, is that the lines got screwed up and now it's even grosser. It's Anders Lee with Nelson Palmieri and like uh, Engvall with Horvat Barzell. Like, I just I just have no interest in these guys. I don't know. It. Like seven K more Horvat, like I, I can't do it. I understand that they've been a little bit better under uh, Patrick Waugh, but like they're still not very good. And I, I feel like people have just 
I mean, wildly overreacted to this Patrick Waugh stuff in a way that I didn't really think was possible. Um, like last week we did our full podcast for Thursday and literally I, we might've even breezed past uh, the Islanders and they were like 30 something percent owned on like a seven game slate. It was unbelievable to me. Um, it was against uh, Tampa, I think. And like, just, I, I think the field is just vastly over projecting these guys. And so like, if you're, if you've been on that train, go for it by all means, but I'm not. So I'm just sadly going to say, look, Matthew Barzell, like you're not a player who I'm willing to play into ownership whatsoever. Um, so yeah, for, I'm largely out until I see something that the field's softening on these guys. Cause the prices just don't make sense to me. Uh, that's I'll put it that way. Sure. Yep. No, I think that's incredibly fair. Um, and uh, honestly on the other side too, it's like, it feels a bit overpriced for Seattle on a back-to-back. Like who are you playing? Jared McCann at 6,200? No. Um, you know, for Yorkstrand at 57, it's like still bad. I, I, I just, yeah. I just don't think I'm going to have the cap to afford anything in the lowest total game, which I don't just really disagree with. Like, I think it's probably around there. Um, and, and again, like, you know, you go back to the Islanders game and they, you know, they ends up being a seven, 1.7 expected goals for the flames. They may get five. Like, yeah, I just don't think that's going to continue. Uh, especially with a Seattle team that, as you already mentioned, struggles to score, especially at five on five. So I don't see the upside here on a back-to-back. I'm fine to just move on to another game that is a bit stinky, I'd say, but interesting maybe to discuss. Um, are you ready to get over to Carolina and Dallas? Carolina, Dallas. Yes, I'm, I'm more than ready. Um, the uh, fight in Marty Natchez um, pulled off the stunning one-nothing uh, overtime victory uh, over the weekend. So, you know, not necessarily coming in uh, hot offensively. But uh, Shachikov is back. He played almost 20 minutes in that game. So uh, that's that's a good sign. Uh, is it a good enough sign, though, for you to be considering these Carolina guys uh, heading into Dallas? Um, I, I guess we'll start with that before talking about Dallas and how they absolutely screwed you on a Saturday. Sure, yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, oh, boy, I... I really do like the Carolina lineup a lot more now. Like this is kind of almost what I what I put together myself. Like I don't think I'd have Tara Vinen with Spechnikov and Naho personally, but whatever. Um, I think Natros should be with at least one other guy, whether it be Tara Vinen, Jarvis, or Spechnikov. And I think it makes more sense to put him with the Jarvis myself. Like that's just the way my brain works. So it's not perfect, but the top power play is fully not fully correlated, almost fully correlated with Aho and Sveshnikov and all that. I, all of this to say, I would be betting on Sveshnikov. If I'm going to be betting on Carolina, that's the guy. Uh, and Natos has been absolutely red hot. His price has gone up like a thousand o- over the past yeah. month or eh, not quite like 700. You're paying for it. He's on the top power play as I was just kind of alluding to, and he's playing with Drury and Bunting. So it's like, he is that good. And like, I am again, I mean, you're talking to a guy that was like 22% Natchos and best Buck, Cause I truly did believe that this was the guy we were getting and we didn't get it for a long time. And I looked stupid. I, I wouldn't mind if it came on now, you know, if he wants to just rip through the league February through April and help me win money, I'm fine with that now. But like, I'm not playing it here against Dallas at 5k. Like, I just don't really think the upside is quite as high as I would like it to be. And I do think people are going to play it. Um, 
Yeah, the main the main issue I have with Svechnikov is that I do really respect these this Dallas top pairing, and I do feel like Aho Svechnikov will get a healthy dose of Harley Heiskanen, and I'm not sure that's a matchup I want to bet on yeah. teams winning all that often. Um, so you know, uh, on the road too, like I'm relatively, I feel safe in fading Carolina, like. You know, there's no one who's a standout value anymore with everyone back at full full health, full strength. Um, you know, we kind of know what Jack Drury is. Like, he's not a, even if Nietzsche has a natural hat trick, for instance, uh, he's not likely to kill you. So, like, you know, you're, you're pretty much talking one offs uh, from Carolina for me personally. Um, anything else before uh, actually uh, let's keep this going for Dallas. Um, we saw Hints, Robertson, Pavelski last game. Uh, they sent. Uh, Wyatt Johnston to uh, the shadow realm uh, by centering Jamie yep. Ben. So Johnston is dead. There's, you know, it was fun. We had a fun couple weeks there, Wyatt, but uh, Pavelski has been awesome, you know, like for fantasy purposes, his underlings look fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's certainly not the player that he was even last year or two years ago, as far as his play driving. Um, but it's made up for in the price tags. I mean, Jason Robertson continues to be uh, free falling in price 6,300 for this guy. You know, not sure what's happening here, but like the line is still producing. Um, they're just not getting a ton of volume uh, in either end of the ice. So for me, it's Dallas one or nothing um, for forwards, but I'm just going to keep playing Heiskanen and Harley paired together because they are just a ton of fun. I mean, these dudes are shooting the lights out of the puck. Harley continues to put up goals. Um, so like the price tag just does not reflect the upside on these two and they correlate really well. Like, it's not like most D, uh, you know, like, oh, you gotta play one of them. Like these two dudes play off each other so well. So that's for me what I'm doing. Like the Heisken and Harley yep. stuff, just continue to rev it up. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do think that like, that's where my betting card is going to end up on is like just taking both of them for a point. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it together or not. And I'm going to double check the numbers, but this Thomas Harley situation is just, uh, I mean, he's still like decent plus money for a point and the books just haven't caught up because they're like, Oh, he only yeah. has like what, like freaking, you know, 30 points in 49 games. Well, that's the percentage we're going to work on. And it's like, well, it's all coming now that they put everything together properly other than their top line. Um, yeah. So I'm in on that. Uh, and I just don't really think I'm going to be playing it in DFS, but I definitely get like, this feels like when we used to talk about if you're playing the flames, like you got to play the defenseman, uh, Dallas feels very similar where it's like, if you're playing Dallas one and you're not including one of these defensemen or both or however you're doing it, you, I think you've, you've, you've got to re-roll it. You got to figure it back out again because you've done it wrong. Sure. Um, we can move over to New Jersey and Nashville because this is, this is honestly, I think my DJ galaxy brain play of the night. If you're ready for it. Hmm. I, um, I would be surprised if it were galaxy brain, to be honest, I do believe the the field will be pretty on top of things. Um, but so Nashville gets to face again, face off with a New Jersey team playing on a back-to-back, traveling from New Jersey to Nashville, um, which, you know, it's a short flight, I guess, but not necessarily like a New York to New York type back-to-back. Um, and we get two guys in Nashville who are supreme power play values, uh, Tyson Berry, 3,100, and Cody Glass at 2,800. Um, Cody Glass has played 15 minutes or more in each of the last four games, so I personally think that Nashville is going to be very chalky. Um, and I, I, I think this is a spot where I'm more than willing to eat ownership. Forsberg has been amazing. 
uh, Cody Glass and Tyson Berry make really good values. And then obviously Yossi and Ryan O'Reilly are always there. They're always doing stuff, um, you know, in our hit or miss fantasy wise this season, but certainly uh, in good, good spots if you're betting on them. So uh, anything more galaxy brain than that DJ, because I don't think that's galaxy brain at all. I really just thought it was going to be like the, you know, maybe like the seventh or eighth most owned stack. And you're telling me it's going to be like the third. I feel like it's it's a six and a half and Nashville is a sizable favorite. So I would be shocked if they weren't a top three owned stack. Okay. Toronto, Ottawa, Oilers, Vancouver, Predators are kind of like the, yep. the core pricing guess, that I'm, I'm thinking. Pricing of. on and the pricing on uh, Nashville, just, I mean, you can play glass, you can play Barry. And Forsberg is not that yeah. expensive. And I think okay. Forsberg will project among the highest guys on the slate. So that's my reason. Right. I, I still I, think right. it's the best uh, play. Like, you know, so just, just play the best plays. Yeah. CJ. Yeah. But, I, uh, I just wanted to be clear. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I can just play the best plays. I just, I, I had them at like the fifth of that grouping and then whatever. You know more than me about that garbage. I'm not going to argue with you. You definitely do. Uh, more understand. Yeah, I, oh yeah, I love the Nashville. Uh, everything you just said is what I'm thinking. You already kind of went over the top power play. Um, uh, you know, Barry up on that top unit. Um, I think that's that's what they ran in practice. 19 minutes. Is that, that's the one guy I kind of just wanted to, I guess, point out a little bit more at 3100. Like, if you're going to be trying to get, uh, you know, you these top stacks. Let's say, for example, you're going to need to save. Would you consider going Barry over Yossi or? Is that just kind of? Oh, absolutely. Okay. No, I'm I'm the number one Tyson Berry guy here. So, um, yeah, no, Barry is yeah, an awesome well, play. Okay. Yeah, I just I thought that was it. I mean, they did play at five on five together, but Yossi plays so many more minutes than Barry that like he does correlate with some other guys as well. Mm-hmm. He was out there with McDonough for a little stretch. Um, McDonough, I think did he score the OT winner or something stupid? It was something stupid like that. Doesn't really matter right so. now. All of this to say, I do really like Nashville. We could just talk about the Devils for a second. They're playing right now. They're up three to nothing on Seattle. Goes to show you that Seattle's not all that good. Um, the Hughes line is dominating. They had the five on five goal and then Toffoli scored in the power play from Hughes and he's here. But I, I've just been kind of gleaning over that Toffoli Hughes situation. Um, I went right back to the well tonight on it uh, and I'm being rewarded. So no problem with it, but it is very, 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 very expensive. I don't think it's going to be popular. On the other hand, Jack Hughes is also listed at wing, which is what he played. So it's not wrong. I and mean, they had Howa at center yeah. um, with Hughes and Defoley. Defoley is a good enough savings, like 5,200 Defoley. It's kind of all of this. I guess everything I'm saying right now is like in the bring back spot. I could see myself playing Defoley. He's actually been driving play pretty well. And with Jack Hughes, man, yeah, like 5,200 for this guy seems like quite a steal. Yeah, Toffoli disappeared, but he's back. He's been back with a vengeance the past couple of weeks, and there's no clear reason to anticipate that stopping. So, yeah, I, I like that line as well for some leverage if you don't want to play Nashville um, to just say, yeah, well, New Jersey keeps it up. So let's get over to Vancouver, Chicago. Um, I will say for Chicago, the only player I'm somewhat interested in is Nick Foligno. He's been uh, really good. Uh, he's playing a bunch of minutes. He's going to be out there in all situations, um, but I'm not interested in stacking things. I- I'm not considering Seth Jones at his current price tag. Um, so yeah, it's Nick Foligno or nothing. Anything else on Chicago before you touch on your favorite Vancouver guys? Absolutely not. Um, we could just move over to Vancouver. 
Uh, I've gone back and back to the well uh, twice in a row now on Vancouver too, basically just believing that Elias Lindholm was only going to improve that uh, second line and not make it worse than the first line, you know, just trying to use my logic and then watching them play. It looked good, but the offense has gone through Pedersen entirely over the past couple of games. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't really think they're going to be breaking things up. Hoaglander was, this has been electric. Jesus, that guy rocks. I don't want, again, just another one of those play. It, it came in Wallstrom. I feel like are kind of joining the same category where it's like, how, like do the coaches not watch these guys? Are they not watching them play? Neil yeah. Hoaglander is yeah. absolutely dominant, flying up and down the ice with the puck. 11 minutes of ice time. Cool. I'm um, going to say he's more than Alex that? Holtz than a, than a uh, Wallstrom where uh, clearly the ship has sailed on Wallstrom. That, yeah. But I think for Holtz, you know, Holtz and Hoaglander, like, yeah, it's there. It's not it's not really ever present um but i certainly I don't that uh, yeah like i don't understand why hoaglander's not getting power play run and that's what really makes this difficult because yeah you want to say vancouver too but you know they're pretty expensive and hoaglander pedersen is just a lot more fun um but it's tougher to depend upon so i don't know yep. I, i'm pretty much I, yeah, warm on I'm, vancouver in general if i'm playing vancouver it's the second line and it's largely out of sure. self-hatred, probably. But it's it actually really is just Elias Lindholm, I think, is actually very, very good. Uh, the volume's there. He's producing high high, uh, high danger chances. He's involved on that power play just as much as, you know, anyone not named Pedersen or Quinn Hughes. Um, so I have no issue with it uh, at all. So I think it's through the second unit. And, uh, you know, I could even see myself one-off thing Lindholm at the – race tag um of 5700 i think that's about where i'm starting to reach my limit but i still think it's fine and i'm gonna sneeze okay all right last game so uh yep last game detroit edmonton um we we have detroit stuff it's pretty much the status quo to bring it kane sprung are on a separate power play from larkin and comfort and raymond and perron so you just I don't think you want to play Detroit heading into Edmonton. Would you agree with me there? You don't want to pay. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. I mean, if, if you pay AK for Dylan Larkin tonight, I think you have a couple rocks loose for sure. Go on. Sure. Um, and so what that means is that on the Edmonton front, uh, we're sort of stuck between, um, you know, what are we doing with like Evander Kane, Dreisaitl, and Perry versus the top line of obviously McDavid, Hyman, RNH, who are better, they're going to project better, but they're far more expensive. So um, do you have any thoughts of like how you're willing to allocate your salary here between these two lines? Um, I think we can rule out the McLeod, Fogel, Holloway line as much as I don't want to. I, I kind of think we have to. Yeah, I do. Uh, God, I mean, such a large part of me wants to would rather die than play 3k Corey Perry, but it's, it's a good play. Um, it, it is so expensive. I, I think I'm just playing the McDavid line. And I said, I wouldn't waver on this Edmonton team. And I go through the entire slate. Now I'm yep. sitting here. Like am I really paying all of this cap for Edmonton right. one. Yeah. I love the spot. I absolutely love the spot for Edmonton. I think I could see myself capitulating for real and using the word correctly and going back actually i've already capitulated i'm gonna stop talking i could see myself ending up on on the mcdavid line at the end of the day there's enough savings here to make it doable and i actually think after discussing that 
but they're probably actually going to be that fifth or sixth highest owned stack. Um, with McDavid, you know, being a bit higher, but like, yeah, there's so much to like on this slate. Yeah, agree. Uh, so let's wrap things up with top stacks, guaranteed goals, um, and get on out of here. So, uh, do you have any guaranteed goals off the bat for me? Huh? No. Jesus Christ! I did it again, didn't I? Top stacks, DJ, go. Yeah, let's get off. Like, wait, why are we doing it? Yeah, I'm just gonna do Nashville, uh, ROR, Forsberg, Yossi, and if you want to just sprinkle pair uh, Barry in there. You could sprinkle triple Barry in there. Okay. Um, I will go with a uh, the, the tried and true Joe Pavelski with Mira Heiskanen and Thomas Harley. Uh, I really like playing these two Dallas guys together. Um, I just think it's really hard to win defense these days. Like we're we're not even having those like you know can't miss it uh, stealing seasons from Makar and Yossi. Um, to just say like, oh yeah, just jam these guys every night. And I truly think that the, that the nuclear ceiling of these two Dallas guys exists in a way that just doesn't exist elsewhere, um, defensively. So, um, I like getting my, these spots out of the way that way. And then Joe Pavelski has been the best Dallas guy, not named Wyatt Johnson. And, you know, we, we said Johnson is dead and no longer uh, playable alongside Jamie Ben. So, uh, what else you got? I'll do the Ottawa, the Norris, the Chuck, uh, the bot, and I'm assuming that's going to be run me out of money completely, but Norris is a decent saving, so I, I feel like the, the answer is just take out Ryan O'Reilly from my mix and just run the Forsberg Yossi, but if I want to actually build around this kind of core, but yeah, it, it's doable. Yeah. Um, like we're going to bet Norris for your guarantee goals, so sorry if I ruined that. Uh, no, I uh, we'll see. I had I had my guy, so we'll see what 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 else comes with it. Um, for mine, for my second one, I am going to go with um, McTavish, Terry, and Minchikov. Um, you can obviously go Petrano here, but that's a little power play correlation um, uh, there, and you know, obviously uh, a def- defense spot in. Minchikov, who was very, very good before his injury. Um, and we're sort of now projecting him to fill in the uh, Drysdale role that we talked about right when he got hurt. Um, so I'm excited to see it. You know, I, I want to be early to it. And on the road in Montreal is the least imposing of spots, as the St. Louis Blues can attest to. All right. Now is it time? All right. Now I'm gonna leave things you, off. you already have one, so yeah. queue it up. Trevor Moore. I mean, Trevor Moore is scoring a goal at 6,300 uh, against the Sabres. Uh, Moore has been awesome. He's not scored in, I think, five uh, five games now. Um, and I say that changes here. He's been taking a bunch of shots. They're not getting on net. Just, you know, everything you want to see from the guy besides the production has been there. I think tonight that changes. And Trevor Moore is my first guaranteed goal. Okay. Did you have Perry in your stack there for Anaheim? Uh. Yes. Did you see? Yeah, you did, didn't you? Okay. Um, that's fine. I don't I don't need to take him by any stretch of the imagination. He was just, I was just trying to go mid mid because you're going like you know, I'll go I'll go low high. I'll do I'll do my, my low as Alex Newhook. I'm gonna go with three K Alex Newhook. Thirty three three thirty three hundred Alex Newhook. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um let's see. Yep, Norris would have fit perfectly there, of course. Um just take him. Just what? take him. Just take him. I mean, yeah, Josh Norris is my boy. He's scoring a goal here. Yeah, 
just take Josh Norris. You don't have to overthink this. He, he is objectively correct, and I felt bad for taking it from you. Um, I'll go with Drysdale, Leon, Newhook, oh, wow. and you have Moore and Norris. We were yeah. two for two for four last time out. By the way, I will say that we both had one correct. I had Natrov. He had a hat trick, and you had Keller, and he scored. Congratulations. Uh, okay, Lindholm did cool. not score last um, time out because I'm pretty sure Vancouver got shut out, and I don't remember the other guy. I deleted already. So this is a good podcast. I like this. Let's uh, let's let's get out of here. So uh, thank you to DraftKings for sponsoring the show. And uh, yeah, any, any final words, Cedar? Mm, nope, nope. I was uh, yeah, just excited to get back to a big Tuesday slate. Kind of feels like we're getting back to normal after the All Star break. And um, we have stuff in the works. I'm I'm trying to work on a couple things mm-hmm. uh, that I'm excited about, and we'll discuss that another time after you're done with dinner. But we're you know Absolutely. we're looking at this thing. So, so, other endeavors as well with hockey. Maybe add some more to your mix because everyone wants more of me. I'm sure. I'll add I'll add some winning. All right. Uh let's close out. I'm at Fig Moods on Twitter. DJ's at DJ underscore Mitchum94. And the podcast is at Morning Skate Pod. Find us on YouTube, on TikTok, everything else. Um, you know, you want it, you have it. Where we're going for it. We're going for it all, as DJ will attest to. Um, so thank you all for listening. From Doug, from DJ, from myself. Have you slate, everybody, and we will see you.